Hey there, and welcome to the First Missionary Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We're honored you've chosen to join us today. In a few moments, Senior Pastor Alan Miller will launch into this week's teaching. Before that, though, we'd like to encourage you to also check out our website, firstmissionary.net, where you can find out more about what the Lord is doing in our local body and how you can get involved. Now here's Alan with this week's teaching.
today is the day that I've been waiting for since July, and I hope you have too. Today is our packing party tonight at 5.30. Please come back. Praise God, we have all the shipping this past week. You all have given so generously, and we have enough supplies to pack 300 boxes. We have enough money to ship 300 boxes. So now we just need you to come tonight. Come, bring your letter that you want to put inside your box to that special child who's going to get your box. Bring a picture of your family if you have one. And bring a plate of cookies because we're going to have Christmas cookies tonight and Christmas music. And it is going to be prepare our hearts to give these Christmas boxes to children all around the world. So please make plans tonight at 530 to be here. So if y'all will pray with me and we'll start this service. Thank you, Lord, for today. God, thank you for how you answer prayers. God, thank you for how you've moved in the hearts of people in this body this week who generously just gave so that other children can experience the great joy that we have. God, we give you praise this morning for who you are and what you're going to do through a simple gift of a shoebox to reach children around the world with your great love. God, we praise you for this time to come and worship you. And I pray that we continue just to pour out our hearts and our lives before you and worship. Lord, be with this service. Be with the hearts in this service, God. Have your way, Holy Spirit, and move right now. In your name we pray.
Lord Jesus, we just want to we want to praise you and thank you this morning as Laura shared with us how the need for the shoebox uh, shipments have already been met. Just praise you, Lord. We give you all the honor. We give you all the praise, all the glory. Fathers, we come this morning as we take of these tithes and offerings, Lord, we just, we're trusting in you. You are a great God. You do mighty things. So, Lord, just once again, put your hand on it and bless it as only you can. We love you, Lord. We love you. In your name we pray and ask this. Amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. Just because he, he is so worthy of all of our affection and all of our praise. And uh, just so excited about being here uh, with you today. I hope you've already been made to feel welcome this morning here at First Missionary. Just so glad that you chose to come and to worship with us today. Well, today we're going to continue in a message series that uh, we've simply entitled, What Faith Looks Like. And you know, when you think about faith or what it means to have faith, we often think in terms of like having a strong conviction in your heart. You know, believing in something strongly. And if I said, you know, hey, uh, could you show me your faith? It'd be like, well, I don't know. I'd have to, I guess I'd have to reach deep inside my heart and my mind. And, and, and it'd be really hard for me to, to show you something that seems to be so immaterial. But yet when we think about things that are immaterial, we tend to think of things that are not real or not tangible or not something that you could actually touch. Well, the truth of the matter is that when you look at faith historically and scripturally, it really is something you can see. It is something that is real. It is something that is tangible. It manifests itself in our lives through the things that we do. So in this message series of just looking at faith, we find ourselves in Hebrews chapter 11. And uh, this is a place where we see a list, if you will, of many people who've walked by faith. We'll see how God challenged them and called them to certain things. And, and you'll see the things that they did and, and how faith played out in their lives. And, you know, one of the things that's, that makes faith so important, he asked the question, why? Why is faith so important? Well, not only does the writer of Hebrews in chapter 11 tell us what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. He tells us why faith is so important. He says in verse 6 that without faith, it is impossible to please Him. It's impossible to please God. Uh, for he who comes to God must believe that He is, and He is a rewarder to those who seek Him. And last week we saw that the reward of those who seek God is God himself. A greater revelation of his heart, a greater revelation of, of maybe his plan or his will for your life, or just a greater revelation of his goodness 
His grace unto you. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him in faith. And then you come a little bit further on in, in this section of Scripture. There are several people who are listed and they've had great faith. And you see their faith coming out of their lives. But then there is someone who is actually listed twice in this section of Scripture. It's Abraham. Uh, the other day, a couple of weeks ago, we looked at Abraham and, and how God had called him to leave a place of comfort. His homeland, his home country. And God told him, he said, Abraham, he said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. I'm uh, going to establish a great nation and people through you. I'm going to curse those who curse you. I'll bless those who bless you. Curse those who curse you. Abraham, through you, through you, blessings are going to come to many nations. And we know that through the nation of Israel, Jesus Christ comes. And through Christ, He truly is a blessing to all the nations of the earth. But this promise and this hope had to go through. It had to go through. It had to go through Abraham's life. So that first time he trusted the Lord, but he didn't know. He didn't know where he was going. He had no idea. And God brought him through. Now, I want to ask you a question, okay? And, and we're going to pray, but then we're going to come back to this. It's come almost kind of like a test that I'm going to give you today. And it's going to be a fill-in-the-blank test, all right? You guys like tests in school? No, right? I don't like tests in school. Today I was thinking about the different types of tests that you have in school. And you can raise your hand when you hear your favorite one, okay? Uh, who likes multiple choice? Also known as multiple guess. Very good, very good. Multiple choice. Uh, who likes true or false? True or false? Hey, you got a 50-50 chance. You can roll that, roll the dice, 50-50. Who likes... True or false? What about this one? Essay. Essay. Some of you are going, man, I hate essay questions on a test. I hate essay questions on a test, right? Now, some of you might like essay questions on a test because you're good at making stuff up. There's another term for that, which is, uh, might be uh, actually not politically correct for our setting today. But there is a term for that, that you can just kind of, you can kind of work your way through stuff, right? You can just throw out the words and work. some of you might like essay. Well, I'm going to give you a, a multiple, I'm actually going to give you a fill in the blank question today. And we're going to pray and we're going to come back to it. We'll be looking at Hebrews 11. We'll go to Genesis chapter 22 in just a second. It is easiest or it is the most easy to trust the Lord when? For me in my life, I have found it easy to trust in the Lord. Fill in the blank. Father God, as we give this time to you, Lord, we thank you for your goodness and your grace to us.
And Father, I pray that during this time you would have a special word and a special revelation for those who seek you. Father, we are dependent upon your spirit to be our teacher today, to be our guide. And so, Lord, we surrender our thoughts to you, our hearts and our minds, and pray that you would meet with us during this time and uh, you would encourage us through your word and through your spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So fill in the blank. It's easy to trust in the Lord when. I would say for most of us, we find it easy to trust in the Lord when we can see. When we can see. When we can see where He has taken us. When we can see what He is doing. The only challenge with that, however, the challenge with that is that's not faith. Faith is not trusting the Lord when you can see what He's doing, where He's taking you, and especially when you can see that things are going to work out in your favor. It's easy, yeah, to trust in the Lord when you can see where you're going, what He's doing, and it's going to work out in your favor. I mean, hey, who wouldn't want to be a part of that, right? Problem is, that's not faith. There's an element of faith of not being able to see, of being able to trust when you don't know. That's faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord. So let me ask you this. When is it difficult for you to trust in the Lord? When is it most difficult to trust in the Lord? A lot of us would say, you know, it's, it's difficult to trust in the Lord when I just can't see. When I don't know. When I cannot see what He is doing. When I cannot see where He's taken me. That's when it's difficult. And that's when, that's when I need faith the most. But did you know that there is a whole nother level of operating in faith that goes beyond that? A whole nother level of operating in faith that goes beyond that. And I believe that Abraham, with his second mention in Hebrews 11, Abraham walked this walk of faith. And I think that's why he's mentioned for the second time. Because he experienced walking with God at a level that goes beyond just not knowing and not being able to see what he's doing and where he's taking you. Here's that level of trust. There's a whole nother level of faith and trust in walking with the Lord. When you can see clearly that everything you have believed about Him, everything He might have promised you, and everything you hold near and dear to your life is destroyed. You see, to not be able to see 
and not be able to know and to have faith. That's big. But when you can clearly see things unraveling in front of you, and you can see that everything you've trusted with Him with in your life up to this point, and you can see that everything you thought He did was doing everything. By the way, this is a key word today. It is the word everything. It is the word everything. In fact, it would do your heart good just to say the word with me because today's message is about everything. So let's just all be on the same page together for a moment. Today it's about everything. When everything seems to be going up in smoke. Now, I entitled today's message, Everything. I almost entitled it, Up in Smoke. But I was afraid that would remind some of you of an old Cheech and Chong's movie. And I personally have not seen the movie, but I thought that maybe some of you might have seen it. And I would not want to conjure up memories or images of uh, Cheech, Cheech and Chong's uh, Up in Smoke. I wouldn't want to do that to you. So don't even be thinking about that movie. Don't let that movie cross your mind. It's not what this, this is about at all. Just stop, just stop it right now, okay? That's not what this is about. But it's about when everything He's brought you through. And that was a walk of faith for you to get through that. And then it seems like it's all going to be destroyed. In Hebrews chapter 11. For the second time. We're introduced to Abraham. In verse 17, the writer of Hebrews says, By faith, Abraham, when he was what? We'll have the text for you. Abraham, when he was what? When he was tested. I want to make something very clear here because we do see this in Abraham's life as a test that is coming from the Lord. But do not misinterpret this. This is not a test in the sense that God wants to know if Abraham would morally fail. Or that Abraham might sin. The scripture says that, that God does not tempt anyone. God is not tempting Abraham. But it's a test that comes into Abraham's life. The other thing that you think about when it comes to a test is why. Why would your teacher in school give you a test? A test is given to see if you have learned the information in the class up to that point. That's why the test is given. To see if you have retained the information in your class up to that point. Another way of putting this, and my teachers can correct me if I'm wrong. A test is given to see if you have learned what you were supposed to have learned. Abraham is given 
a test. The other thing about this that I think you got to think about is who will benefit from this? Now, your teacher might receive your test and, and your teacher might go, you know, I really don't know about you. You seem like a pretty good student. You seem like you pay attention in class. And your teacher might be like, I, I really want to know about you. It's hard to see God in this position. Because God knows everything about you already. He knows the end before it's written in your life. Doesn't mean that He causes everything or has foreordained everything in your life, but He can just see. He knows. So it leads us to believe that perhaps the test is given to Abraham not for God's benefit, but for Abraham's benefit. For Abraham, perhaps, to have confidence in the Lord in a deeper way for what God has for Abraham coming down the road. So it would be like, Abraham, there's something more. And there's something else. But I don't know if you're really ready to embrace this until you're given the test. So what's the test? By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises, that's Abraham, was offering up his only begotten son. You got to go back to Genesis chapter 22 to really see what's going on here. And in Genesis chapter 22, the scripture tells us, yeah, he was tested. And he was tested by being, being called of God to offer up his son Isaac. Now somebody might stop right there and go, well, that's neat. Abraham goes to Sarah and he says, hey, Sarah, God says we're, we're supposed to offer up Isaac. And Sarah says, hey, that's great. Is there going to be a baby child dedication? Hey, we'll, we'll go down to the local synagogue. Probably wasn't one at this point in time, but just stay with me. Hey, we'll go down to the local synagogue. There's going to be a nice little service. Kind of like... Hannah, when she dedicated Samuel, Lord, we're going to offer him up to you. We are going to give you this child. And we're trusting that he's going to honor you with his life. And we as parents will raise him up in the right way. We are going to offer him up. And we'll get a cute little certificate for this. We'll put it in Isaac's baby room. And we'll feel really good about ourselves. Well, if you'll turn with me in Genesis chapter 22, 
Some of you probably already know this story. That's the last thing God has in mind for Abraham to do in regards to Isaac. So in verse 22 of, I'm sorry, chapter 22 of Genesis, the scripture says, Now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am uh, throughout Old Testament history. You'll see people when the Lord calls in their life and, and they're just ready to go. They'll say, Lord, here I am. Or Lord, here am I, Isaiah. Lord. Here am I. Send me. You've got my attention. I'm ready to go. And the Lord said, Now take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac. Go to the land of Moriah and offer him there. No baby child dedication. No cute certificate. Offer him there as a burnt offering. Historically, burnt offerings were ways of worshiping the Lord prior to Abraham, prior to the Lord. He knew what this meant. You will take your son Isaac, your only son, Writer of Hebrews affirms this, the next part of the verse we were looking at. We see this all throughout what Abraham had been promised by God. Listen to me. Everything, 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 everything you had promised to me in my life is going to be realized through this offspring, Isaac. God, I left my home country. I went without knowing. When you go back to verse 1 at the top of this part, look at it again. It says, after what? After these things. After these things. That's, there you go. It came about after these things. What things? What things? Everything he had been through. Leaving his home country. What he went through with Sarah and that whole situation with Hagar. Everything, everything that God had promised to him is being challenged at this point. Everything that God had told him, everything that he had been through to finally get Isaac. His, he and his wife were old and she couldn't even have a baby to begin with. Everything he and Sarah endured personally, everything, listen to me, everything about his future. Everything about his love for his wife. Everything about his love for his son. Everything about his love for God. And everything he knew and believed previously about the character of God. It is all on the line in this moment. Because to offer Isaac as a burnt offering. Meant to take him. And to put him on an altar and to kill him with a knife. 
than to put wood about him and set him on fire. Isn't it interesting that the Hebrew term for burnt offering literally means to ascend? And what God would do is God would see the faith in the people who would make an offering, usually of definitely not of a person, but of an animal. And as everything went up in smoke, God would sense the faith and there'd be atonement for sin. And it would be a sacrifice and an offering pleasing to the Lord. If a burnt offering meant anything, it meant total destruction. Of what? For Abraham. What's the word we're thinking about today? Everything. Now, there's nothing in the text that tells us about how Abraham might have wrestled with this. There's nothing in the text that tells us what his conversation with Sarah was like. There's nothing in the text where he talks back to God or, or asks any questions. I mean, for us, we look at this and go, man, this just, does, this just doesn't make sense. It, there's nothing in the text where Abraham might have went to some trusted friends and said, hey, this is what's going on in my life. This is what God's asked me to do. This is where I am. So would you speak into my life? Where somebody might say, well, this is probably not the Lord because this is clearly in contradiction to what the Lord has already said. Abraham, are you losing your mind here? We're talking about Isaac. All your hopes, all your promises, everything is wrapped up in him. None of that is recorded in the text. But notice what happens next. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey. He's going to take a trip. Took two of his young men with him. And Isaac, his son. Just to be clear on one thing, let's just jump back to the book of Hebrews for a quick second. And let's see if it follows. Verse 17 again. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises was offering up his only begotten son. You think it's a coincidence that those words are used here and that Abraham has one son. His only son, whom he loves. You think it's any coincidence here that all the hope of the world is going to come through Isaac? 
those words are not by accident. They are to conjure up thoughts and ideas and perhaps even memories or understandings that we have. It was he to whom it was said. Verse 18. In Isaac, your descendants shall be called. And we'll stop. Don't read ahead. But go back to Genesis chapter 22. So we're following. We're tracking the story as it is recorded for us. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son... And he split wood for the burnt offering. And arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham raised his eyes and saw the place from a distance. Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. And I and the lad, his son, will go over there and we will worship and return to you. And man, oh man, oh man, you're sitting there going, whoa, Abraham, man, he is one smart dude. He knows the ways of the Lord. After all, when you get to the end of the story, and there's a lot in the middle of the story, I'm not telling you today. Because what you're going to assume about Abraham is wrong. Abraham would end up calling that place Jehovah Jireh. Which means... That after everything he goes through with Isaac, he says, I will name this place Jehovah Jireh because the Lord has provided. And if you know the story, Abraham marched up there and right when he was about to offer his son and kill him. God made a special provision. Therefore, the Lord provides another way. So it's easy. It's easy at this point in time to think. Well, here, here's what's going through Abraham's mind. When he says, stay here with the donkey and I and the lad will go over there and we will worship. We will. This is back to verse 5. We will. We will return to you. Wow, Abraham, man, you knew all along what God was going to do. It's easy to conclude that Abraham was going to march up that hill. And at the last minute, trust the Lord to make another provision. If that's what you assume, you're wrong. That is the very last thing that he was thinking. Why? Because his faith in God was already at the level 
God was going to demonstrate to him that he would realize through his test. Abraham was already there. He was there when he left the donkey. He was there when he left his two servants. He was already there when, we, when he said, we will come back. But I promise you, it's not the way you think. So next week, that's what we're going to look at. For the integrity of the people in the first service, I have to stop right there. Because we didn't get there this morning in the first service. But next week, I'm going to open up to you what was in his heart and what was in his mind about God. So today, I haven't a clue. Haven't a clue where you might be in your faith journey with the Lord. I don't have a clue. What you've been through. Ran into a student the other night at the ball game. A girl I met one day while I was substitute teaching. And God has just given me a connection with this girl. So I see her at the ball game. And I'm like, hey, how you doing? She always smiles when she sees me. said just got out of the hospital been at Vanderbilt I said oh wow what's going on so I'm having seizures said I, I don't know they don't know what's causing them it might be the trauma I went through with my mother when I was a kid it might be because of the trauma I went through with my mother when I was a child So I took out my phone. I said, give me your number. She gave me her number. I text her. See if I still have it. I text this out to her and I sent it to her while she's sitting there. I said, did you get your text? She said, yeah. I said, read it back to me. She said, okay. This is Brother Allen. Call me anytime. You need anything at all or want to talk. I said, you get it? She said, I got it. I said, put me in your contacts right now. I have no idea. 
what you've been through. I have no idea about your faith journey. I have no idea about your hopes, your dreams, or any of that. But God does. And there's something in me that believes that if Abraham could have faith in God and walk with the Lord when it would seem like everything was being destroyed then you can too because the rest of the story is not written yet this is just a part this is just a chapter of your journey You're not there yet. But he's taking you there. And the testing is not for him. It's for you. So you will have the confidence in him to keep going. So as you stand with us today. Our prayer, prayer counselors are going to slip out. They're going to start praying even now. They're going to come to the altar here, these prayer benches. They're going to start praying right now. Our prayer counselors are going to start praying right now. And they're going to pray. They're going to pray right now for everybody in this room. And maybe there's something that you're walking through or you're dealing with in your life. Maybe you feel like you've, you've lost faith. And you've lost hope to dream. Because your Isaac is about to be destroyed. Or it's been destroyed. And you're, you're trying to figure out what in the world is going to happen. And all I can tell you today, all I can tell you is have faith. Don't quit. Keep trusting. And keep walking. So if that's you and you need to come and you want to bow and you want to pray or you want somebody to pray for you, everybody in this place is going to bow their heads and we're all going to close our eyes and we're not going to look around this is for you if you need to come you slip out and you come whatever is on your heart in your life that you're dealing with today I believe with all my heart there is a God who's texting you and sending you a message by his spirit if you need me I am here for you call me Call me. I'm here. I, I think that's what God's saying. You don't know the whole story. You don't know the half of it. Trust me. If that's you, you come. You pray. We'll be here to meet with you and to minister to you. Cody's going to sing for us and he'll pray us out this morning.
Thanks for joining us on the First Missionary Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. That's it for this week's teaching, but you can always find more on our website, firstmissionary.net. We'd also like to encourage you to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you benefited from this week's lesson, be sure to share it with your friends and family, then leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Thanks again for listening, and God bless.